Welcome to the Friday Council, a podcast exploring modern life and the human condition. Join us each week for a new conversation. This is the Friday Council. Welcome back to the Friday Council podcast, episode 39 today. Start of a long weekend for those who are working, It's great. Those How are working you, regular jobs. Yes, anyway. that's right. How are you doing, Daniel? Good. I just want to say every every single statement I make today is a representation of Shirley Boys High School. It's <laughs> an official statement of Shirley Boys High School, so I'm going to be extra racist today. Is that under 18? No, under 15 under B 15 rugby. Under 15 B Shirley rugby team. Damn, it's impressive. You still, still fits you. I didn't play. I copped it at the end when I was in year 13 as I was leaving. They were selling them for like 10 bucks. And no, I was like, that's, that's a cool. great moment. They're real good quality. Yeah, they're that's a proper quality. rugby shirt. Yeah. Like those are the old school ones. What I number think. am I? 14. Is that a good one? Uh, it's right wing, left wing. Uh, one of the it's wings. a winger. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, how are you, David? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Doing well. Reasonably good. Yeah. All right, Nev, you can hit us off with the topic today because it was your idea. Yeah, so... Earlier in the week, we just came together in the group chat, and um, we thought we would talk about mental health, particularly with men, and the stigma behind not being able to share your feelings. So it's kind of like an open-ended question. Um, Why do we find it so hard to talk about our feelings? Although I would say now, um, this period of time that we live in, is probably one of the, like it's more um, widely accepted to be able to share your feelings and um, the stigma seems to be dropping, but I wouldn't say it's perfect. Would you Would you guys say? That's my, yeah, when you mentioned that, I instantly think of comparing it to like where we are because that has been in, in the general public's mind for many years now. Um, and so it's kind of like a, rev- a review almost. I'm kind of reflecting back now going is it have we made strides is it is it doing well or is it even is it even enough i think is a question that we could maybe start to be contemplating whether it's we're like it's good we're good and or, or not um don't you disagree yeah or definitely not yeah so, i'm not saying we, we are there but i'm saying it's, it's yeah. i say we're uh, pretty much there I don't think it's pretty much there. I think we're maybe like halfway there. Okay. <laughs> maybe even mm. a, a third or a quarter. It's better. Yeah, it's the best it's ever been. But that's starting from rock bottom in terms of, yeah, being able to talk about these things. So I feel like we're in this position where it's advertised on TV that it's okay to talk about your feelings and stuff like that. So if we were to take what's in the news and on the TV ads, it's perfect. You'd think it's perfect because there's enough sig- significant people out there advertising, like John Cohen has been doing it for years, Mike King, big figures talking about these things and, and other things, more serious things like suicide. But there's this weird thing below the surface where even though we can watch those ads and read the news, most men, certainly a lot of men, still don't feel comfortable, even though they know that it's meant to be acceptable. Mm. It's still very hard. And I'm in that position, or was in that position until a year, a year or two ago, where 
I read about that it's okay to admit that you're not okay and stuff like that, but I couldn't bring myself to do it, even though I read that it's okay to say that. Still very hard to do. Very, very hard to do. So, yeah. I think just from that, I think the um, probably one of the big underlying key things is also uh, if you have the actual opportunity to talk to someone that you trust. So I, I'm not talking for you, but I think you and I are probably similar where if if we had any issues or things that were, were hard to deal with or bring up, it wasn't easy to go to our parents mm-hmm. or siblings. Um, whereas I know like I've had some friends where family dynamics, like any issues, any problems, like it was encouraged by the parents to go and talk, like go and talk to them, see how you're doing. Um, so yeah, I guess that's probably a good point to to make, but I don't know. What about you, Daniel? What, uh, maybe a distinction first. Are we talking about, well, I suppose we're talking about it all, but is it talking about emotions? and feelings or mental health because i feel like that's very similar in the same umbrella Mm. but they're kind of different um i'd say starting off probably emotions and feelings okay because i mental health i guess as a topic is can have be such like a wide umbrella but i think when you're starting surface level generally it's your thoughts and your feelings and then i mean depending on your situation there may be some more underlying things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of more from mental health, but I see the angle as well. But yeah, they are closely linked, but yes, slightly different. Uh, I still think <clears throat> that, yeah, it, so if we're just talking about like feelings and saying that, uh, I don't know, that you're nervous. I'm really or, stressed out today. Yeah, yeah. So it's not that you have a clinical or a chronic condition. It's just yeah, you're, you're anxious about a specific thing. I still don't, yeah, that's still iffy. Or even if it's like, well, this is a classic one and ta- I'll take it back to high school. Like if you liked a girl uh, and you told your friends about it, you get like hazed for it. Mm. And there's a, that, that can be okay to an extent, but it's, yeah, there's a weird sort of bit where it's, it's kind of acceptable if you are using a girl if you were having sex with her, but not to love her, like that's weird. That's being a, a pussy. Yeah. That's not right. It's not. And part mm-hmm. of that was just being a teenager. It's not like that as an adult, but still it can be a little bit iffy just being like, wow, I really love this girl or I really like this girl or something like that. Yeah. It, it's still not as straightforward as it should be for me. In any way, I think for women, it's a little bit better. I think women a bit more, naturally inclined to talk about their feelings and there's definitely no stigma attached like it's it's acceptable for women to cry even just even cry right in a movie yeah in a movie or or in any situation it's we don't no one thinks anything of woman crying but some people probably think some thing of men crying and certainly just me personally still have this internal feeling that it's not acceptable to cry in a public space anyway where i can be seen Mm. So, and yeah, that could just be something like I was at a funeral a, a month or so ago and I felt I had the urge to cry, but there was something inside me that said, I can't cry yeah. around all these people. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want to try and make this point as concisely as possible. Um, when you mentioned crying in a movie theater, um, 
and how we were just talking about the difference between feelings and emotions and mental health where they can't it's all the same thing but it's kind of it's kind of not in the same way and we've talked uh, a few days ago david about an example of so like an adult man i think anyone can relate to this an adult adult male or yeah adult male adult woman uh more lenient to be more emotional but adult man who completely loses like loses his cool and is like going crazy about like something small and he's just he's just snapped and it's it's like cringe to see like a fully grown man having a tantrum basically he's lost control of his emotions and you said before the podcast podcast that that's a different thing losing control of your emotions and being cringe in that way and i think rightly so that should be seen as cringe like a man who can't control his emotions is not that's not a masculine trait um whereas talking about your feelings and emotions and mental health is is a completely different issue and so you, you mentioned crying at the movies if you're a man and you're crying at the movies that can be read two ways it can be read my potentially more cynical way of this guy can't control his emotions or it could be read as this guy's really comfortable in himself and can can let out and cry um and i think and to, to, oh you have something to add uh, yeah yeah so yeah so it's very contextual isn't it if it's a man crying about a disney movie a marvel movie that's probably a bit icky although i'm i'm not to judge but if it's uh you know the titanic or something titanic that's i think is more acceptable because i mean i've watched movies i can't think of one off the top of my head where i have the urge to cry and i do cry from watching it in my bedroom alone that's not me losing control that's just me expressing a very real human emotion so yes i can hold back and not cry but i don't why? think huh but like why would why's the point you know Especially because if you're on your own like why would no, you so i won't if i'm alone but i wouldn't cry if i was at a movie with you two because i wouldn't feel that that's socially acceptable hmm. i don't know yeah. why is that, is that part of the the trajectory though is that do you think that's because it's very broad like the mental health stigma i think a lot of people yeah chop and change between oh i don't want to talk about my feelings but then talking about mental health is is a different issue i think it's all lumped in, into one and um do you think that's something that we should be aiming for as well where that feeling which i feel as well where you don't want to cry in front of your other guy friends or even other certain female friends is is that a bad feeling in general do you think yeah. that should be part of the movement to get rid of completely as in that it should be acceptable to do it it should be acceptable yes to do it, it yeah. should be acceptable yeah. To do it. Yeah. yes yeah yeah unless yeah. as i say although as i say it's not everyone's different but yeah if you're crying about like a cartoon movie yeah i'd find that a little bit icky but as i say i'm i can't really judge anyone you know mm. like i've watched dragon ball z makes me emotional doesn't make me feel like crying but there's bits in it so yeah i, I shouldn't judge anyone but if it's like something that represents a very like real human experience like someone dying in a movie yeah, it invokes a real human emotion in you. I don't think there should be an issue with expressing that, whether you're male or female. But yeah, personally, I do feel that way because obviously it's been something that's deeply ingrained in me, whether it's my parents, school, society, I don't know what. Yeah. I, I just want to say I'm probably similar to David in the fact that there's been times where you 
you almost know like you you feel you need to cry or to sh- like shit a tear because n- not because it's like the right thing to do so like at a funeral obviously if this person's close to you or like it genuinely affects you mm-hmm. and there's like a stirring up inside but for whatever reason I've been in the position where it's like I just like I can't cry or like there's something stopping you from from doing it whether it's like oh, people will see see me but then if anything it is probably one of the s- safest places or more socially acceptable place to do it so it's it's kind of like a um uh like a cycle it just keeps like back and forth back and forth but um i i had a thought and it's probably based on a book which i read um a couple of years ago um the book was called battle cry um waging the war within i think that something along this i'll find the, the title but basically one of the quotes was talking about how um there's like the two there's two popular phrases or mantras that we prescribed in society is one of them real men don't cry and the other one being um uh, i've got it here where is it what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and i think although they're quite cliche over time it's like ingrained in society it's like it's just not right for men to to, to cry or um you know you need to be strong yeah. particularly when it comes to like our family dynamic generally as a male traditionally in that sense we've been told like we're the protectors we're the ones who um, provide for the family but often that can be overwhelming for people and it just can be quite difficult so yeah I, I don't know the answer but I think taking a step towards the the avenue of it is okay like to share and I think it probably starts with having like close friends or just guy friends yeah guy friends think? i think yeah like i mean not not i'm not sure about everybody but often um having like close group of friends was easier in high school because you're you were around people all the time you're forced into it but when you're running the own march of life you know it's like um sometimes you've actually got to put effort in to keep relationships and to keep growing and to be open with each other. So I think that's an important step. And um, often it can be hard to just bring it up with friends because, you know, it comes back to that whole hazing thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, you don't, you know, we're here to drink and have a good time, not share how you're feeling. I don't, I don't care. You miss your problems with your missus. Stay, <laughs> stay at home. That, like, that reeks of, uh, yeah. that reeks of like, one could be jealousy of other guys when you're talking as in a high school situation of a girl that you have feelings for, and also uh, like like a uh, like unsure, just like completely unsure how to react. So you just so you like you haze, you bully is like a very natural mm. um, thing to do, especially because everyone's like no one really knows what they're doing with girls, especially around that age. So it's easier to just uh, instead of be serious about it with your friend and potentially embarrass yourself in front of the other guys who can't handle it. Um, it's easier to just, to just haze. Um, I want to make a point. You mentioned the, uh, that men typically seen as the providers and, and the like stability. Um, I think there's a bit of a cognitive dissonance between uh, what society and what specifically women say they want and and what they actually they actually like. I've got a, an article here. Let me fluff the paper. 
nice. which sounds super epic and important. Um, that this is from a Canadian. It says it's like nationalglobalnews.ca, which sounds a bit tabloidy, but um, they have some direct quotes in here, which are quite nice. Um, this is a, a survey by Elite Singles. See that 95% of women say that they prefer a man who is open about his emotions and 97, so basically all of them, 97% say that they can find men crying is considered either strong, natural or healthy. And so, like you said before as well, it's contextual. I think, um, so men, I'll read another quote to further my point actually. So this is from a relationship expert, whatever that may mean, Chantal Hyde. She, she says, quote, men have been conditioned to not only hide their feelings, but to then cover up how much they're covering up their feelings, she says. All this leads to profoundly sad statistics that men will suffer more depression, alcohol and drug addiction and suicide rates than women because they don't feel comfortable open up, opening up and letting it all out. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think it could be that we feel all right opening up to certain close friends, but that... There's a cognitive distance where women, for example, still prefer men who earn more than them, say. So there's a response, there's an expectation that you're going to earn more and all the stresses that come typically come with earning more money and higher positions of power. And so no matter how much you're no matter how open you are, it's still unfair in that respect. You've still got a higher load load to carry in that respect. So it may not be it may not be the fact that we're not opening up enough. It may be just that society and biology even is stacked against men in that respect, where it's just like stressful. Like we, yeah, I don't. I can talk about my feelings as much as I like that I'm stressed about my work, but at the end of the day, you're still naturally attracted to me because I'm earning more than you, and that's a fact as well. That women prefer men. Yeah, that, well, I don't understand why that's got to do with anything. Well, I'm saying the the solution might like we might keep progressing with men talking about their feelings and the suicide rates and drug addiction in men might not decrease. It might not be related, I think. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it might be just like a biological and societal structure of that men are expected to earn more. Um, I think it might make more sense. I think it might be the same thing with like the trans kids debate where the suicide rate is about the same before and after post-op, pre-op. And they say it's because like they're not accepted in society. Society isn't accepting of them, so... I don't think that might be the, the issue. There might be other issues there that are causing them to want to transition in the first place. So no matter how much you readjust society to be more inclusive and open about feelings and diversity and stuff, it might not be fixing the actual issue, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, Somewhat I, devil's advocate, but I think... No, I see, what you, I see what you're saying. There's probably some truth in it, but equally... For those that do open up with it, if they find a solution, then it can be solved. Even if, like, if if work is causing their stress, and they open up about their struggles with work, they might be able to uh, change position within the job or have yeah so something that can essentially reduce the stressor but if you never talk about it because you feel embarrassed about it then there's virtually no chance you're just hoping that it will go away fix it by itself which sometimes it does but it's probably better odds if you talk about it and yes if the problem is that serious talking about it might not fix it but for some it certainly will i think it will certainly reduce the yeah or improve the ratio of people struggling some 
will will find an answer to their issues others won't it's like uh if we take a severely depressed person a suicidal person some can get all the help in the world psychiatrists medications therapy and they still end up killing themselves so yes some people it won't work Mm -hmm. it's that severe but there'll be some that it will work and there'll be some people out there now in fact there'll be a lot of people who are dead now from suicide that had an avenue been open they wouldn't have killed themselves yeah so no it will definitely help some yes which is better than none I, I think if but um we can all probably agree though that a higher paying jobs generally very generally is more responsibility like more stress like more stressful job so if if it was just if that was gonna talking about the feelings and then saying oh well, i'm looking to kind of hit a bit close to home i'm looking like i'll just work two days a week babe you be the breadwinner you earn, you keep working your like mid mid pay job, and I'll just drop down to like two days a week, and I'll just be earning less money. But it's a bit like I need that. For my, no matter how much I talk about my mental health, that's the problem. That's not the me- opening about mental health. So that that might be why men find it easier to confide in other men because they relate to that pressure that is being perpetuated by society, maybe and women themselves. Not saying that's a bad thing. It's just yeah, you know. Um, so. It doesn't matter who they're opening up to, whether it's their partner or their men, as long as they find the right person. Mm. It could be their partner. It could be a work colleague. It could be their friend or it could be a psychiatrist. So so I think you're going specifically for a male talking to a female, their partner. Is that what you're saying? And that might not work. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm saying like you, yeah. I'm agreeing that it could be in, they could talk to anyone, but talking might not f- fix the issue that women still expect men in general to earn more right. than them so that's a very pressure. specific yeah. that's a very specific thing that you're detailing anyway we're, not, we're talking about men talking about their feelings in general not men who are stressed about their job and, yeah. and men who are forced to earn more yeah. that, that's a very specific detail that you're that's true yeah, that's so, true. so it could um, be something completely different yeah i'm like in general would you guys also agree that i mean it mentions in here something like uh okay i'll quote from here again um uh, where is it? Many men who work hard to be the providers of their households will shelve emotions in order to get the job done. Their number one focus is ensuring that their family has security and that anything that would get in the way of functioning at a high level, or like a high-paying job, for example, on a daily basis is put aside until it's more convenient. Um, so not only, I think, men are expected to earn more, they're also expected to like represent the like stability, and they're re- expected to represent that. And I think... Um, even though, like, basically all those all the women surveyed said they're like, yeah, I, I like a man to cry and whatnot. Um, I'm just saying mm. opening up might not be... My main point is that opening up and talking might not fix some of the issues we're expecting it to fix. No, it might not. Yeah. It might not know in saying that it's the perfect solution to end all, no. of, all of men's problems. No. But it will help some. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you're saying there's, like, no, there's no harm in it. In it, no, right. in most cases there I won't agree. be any harm. And also, if we're talking again, I think still it's a very specific issue. But yeah, uh, man, uh, you know, has to be the rock or whatever. So that's where I think we need to change this thinking. Unless he is throwing a temper tantrum, completely losing his mind, having a breakdown, crying, rolling around low, low the floor, <laughs> completely out of control, crying or just opening up, saying that you're struggling doesn't mean that you're not in control no so i think like it's cha- a movie so yes. you can you could choose to not cry so we need to change that thinking and i've given two examples recently like of an all black 
has talked about his and his still his struggles with anxiety mm. and have talked about Dwayne Johnson the Rock and his not current but previous battles with depression. Those are two of the strongest people in the world. Two of the one is literally the rock. And, <laughs> yeah. and they have these struggles. And I don't know whether they're work related or not, but I don't view them and look, wow, he's out of control. He's mm. not a man anymore. Mm. So I think we need that's what we need to change that thinking that talking about your feelings, just opening up, crying, whatever it is, doesn't mean that you're no longer a man and yeah. that you're now weak. Yeah. Also on top yeah. of that. I yeah. think the the point you made about um, men generally um, having to earn more than women, like it's it's seen in society's life. Particularly if you're looking for a, a mate, right? Like, um, yeah, yeah, like it's woman. I, I'm assuming is confidence is a, is a big one, and um, yeah, like earning a high wage or being able to pro- provide. So. Even though you may earn promotion after promotion or you're progressing in your career, that won't necessarily fix all the problems because if the underlying issue is still there, then it's, I think it's pretty redundant. It's pretty useless. So um, I guess what I'm trying to say, another another thing to, to bring up from what you've said um, yeah, you might not be able to talk to specific people about specific things. Say, like, for example, I might be able to talk to you guys about, um, I don't know, my wife or relationship, but then it's not as easy for me to talk to her about our relationship. Like, sometimes you might feel like you can't be honest, but that that's mm-hmm. a sub... You, prob- you should be, you know, if yeah, you're yeah, in a relationship. Yeah, but I think often it will also just come down to... Um, needing like a fresh perspective on things. So if we're using the, the um, example of um, like if work's stressing you out, well, it might not actually be as bad as as it is. You're probably just thinking it's bad because you're experiencing that and having someone that you trust and having someone who can just give a fresh perspective who's not actually involved might be beneficial. Might not be either. But um, I think making a habit too of of trying to like I say schedule time to to talk. So like in a relationship, I think Jordan Peterson ma- made an example. Him and his wife at dinner time is the time no no TVs, no distraction. You sit down, you eat, and you talk about life because if you're effectively if you're gonna be living with your partner or your wife, whatever, for the next twenty thirty years, well. <laughs> You got to make sure that you're going in the same direction with the same goals. Otherwise, it's going to be terrible, or it's going to be hell over time. So I think, yeah, it's it's a habitual thing. And so for me, like there'll be times where I won't be able to see my wife because she works different hours for like three, four days at a time, unless you know it's just when she comes home. But I'm usually asleep. Um, so scheduling time. Like we'll go out for a coffee or for a walk and just being open and sharing what's going on in your life or your job. Your brain. Yeah, your brain, like are the things that you're thinking about there. Um yeah, that you're struggling with or things that you you can, it can be it's not necessarily it has to be the bad things in life. Like you also need to rejoice in the good things that are going on. But just being able to like be open and, and share your feelings is it's very cathartic. 
and often it might even just be like you need to see a professional you might you know just to get perspective of experiences or um trauma that you've gone through or things that for whatever reason it just keep popping up in your head and you just don't know how to deal with um but yeah it's it's i guess just taking that step and trying to find the right person or friends or yeah, fa- yeah family member or professionals professional yeah. yeah i just want to use like two examples one real a real example and one a stereotype if we think of a stereotype of gay men mm-hmm. we tend to think of them being much more open and comfortable expressing themselves don't we i know it's a stereotype woman like really like you just you would say whether that's the yeah, right yeah. way so, to so, no, yeah so uh, they're, they're able to feminine. tap into their feminine traits yeah. yes exactly yeah yeah and and have you ever noticed that and then again it's a stereotype but women tend to love gay guys mm-hmm. they think gay best sh- friend is the stereotype they think they're the yeah. shit yeah. yeah they think they're the shit so that's, that's an example of someone who's essentially, and again, as I say, I know it's a stereotype, uh, but there is some truth to it. Uh, yeah, they're comfortable expressing themselves, and yeah, and, and women are very drawn towards that. Yes, it's only a, in a friendly way, uh, but they, they don't think they're any less of a man. Uh, and then a real example. No, I won't. I won't say who they are, but I, I know someone, someone who's quite close to me who doesn't express his, because he can't, he can't express his emotions. And I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but I look at him and I think he's got issues. (laughs) Like, yeah, the fact that he can't reveal, yes, that he puts on an act that Mm. he's got everything to do. And it's quite obvious to you, is it? It's quite, it's quite obvious. It's quite obvious to me. And, And, there'll be other examples. We probably all meet someone who's like, they they act, they put on the, the old school macho man, but you can see that they've got issues. Yeah, or I know. perhaps even like everything ends in like a joke, sort of. Yeah, it, like could, a, yeah, it could even be that. If it starts getting too serious, they like make jokes. Oh, nah, yeah, I'm kind of like that, to be yeah, honest, as right, well, well. A little yeah. bit. Con- yeah. Context again. But yeah, and yeah, and I don't think a woman would be, would be drawn towards that because... Yeah, so it's not, it's not the greatest greatest way to explain it. It makes sense in my head. But yeah, if a guy essentially can't tap into, you know, what's going on below the surface and he just acts like the man all the time, he, you know? Yeah. You can't you can't really get get, yeah, okay. get far. That's a good point. It yeah. makes you think. Like um say for example like yeah, yeah, a family member dying and it doesn't affect you and you're just pure stoic like Oh well, we march on with life. I think, yeah, you might be right. As a woman may see that as well, when inevitably, like my parent will pass away or, or whatever, how do I know that you're going to be able to support? Because you don't actually know how it feels. You're just, just a macho man. Like, women probably want someone, and according to that article, who can relate to them, and and I guess they can confide and and share their feelings with. And feel trusted in a safe space. So, um, yeah, maybe it's a muscle that we need to train is just to have a good cry yeah, like and now and again or something. Maybe a better example is we yeah. think as uh, uh, a, st- a stereotype. Yeah. So if we think of a stereotype of of a of a gangster rapper, that's what I would say. They embody. They're always strong. They never cry. They never show weakness. But they never really talk about their feelings, do they? And they never talk about anything real. 
now yes i guess you can argue that the stereotype is that women are attracted to them but are they long-term healthy relationships is that the stereotype of of, of a gang no it's unhealthy it's violence and and just yeah not deep relationships so that's that example of someone who acts like nothing ever gets to them but yeah it's very surface level you can't you can't get very far that that's a good point it's like you're um, permanently an acquaintance yeah i think yeah so two points i want to say um yeah so like long term it's so maybe there's sexual attraction to that to that mas- macho masculine and potentially you don't even realize that it's a, f- a front until you get to know them better you know um like the person you're referencing i don't know who you're talking about but you probably know them well enough obviously you have a so you can tell it's a front yeah um but also when you're talking about the gay man stereotype like uh you see like women don't see them as any less of a man sure i agree but they're definitely not sex well they're usually not sexually attracted to it so um i suppose that's a lot of what my point was leaning on is which was kind of irrelevant to be honest to the point that it's like that sexual attraction um is missing in, in that gay relationship and then right. it's and then it's the other the opposite the sexual attraction is all there for a masculine macho okay. guy but it's there's a but they can't relate to him it's not going to be yeah. long term so might come back to a balance yeah yeah so so maybe a better stereotype then and again i don't know i, I think there's some truth to it again but it's still a stereotype is it's french men <laughs> what mm. is the stereotype of french men they're very feminine and in, in, in a yeah. similar way romantic. A similar bit. yeah they're very yeah. romantic and they're not afraid to cry. That would be a part of the stereotype. They're not. They're in very touch with their emotions, and, and they're not afraid to display it. And and there's a rumor out there. There's a stereotype that that women love mm. French men because yeah, they're not afraid to show their reveal themselves and and talk about yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of like a fantasy. Or it's, it's obviously a stereotype. Also, kind of like a caricature where they yes, they kind of yeah. long. I think maybe in a society that we live in, where guys in general don't talk about the feelings as much as they probably should, that like creates this like stereotype longing that all like middle aged women are like, oh my god, what I'd give for a man who's so super sensitive, and um, kind of relating to my point, I think they even they might not they might think they want that. But really, they want something in the middle, like yes. something somewhat in the yeah. middle, um, to be to balance the sexual attraction and the like deep emotional connection. You well, like you still need in some aspects, and obviously it's contextual. You still need to have uh, strength and resilience in tough times, like as a man. As think? a man, like yeah. um, that's my point. Yeah, yeah it's like, like if you got kids, you you know you don't want to shelter them to think, um. You can't, you know, you can't be open. You can't share how you're feeling, and you've got to be strong all the time. But there may be times like I don't know, like the earthquakes, for example, we experience. Generally, if your family or friends you know that are in distress, like often, and I guess there was the example with um, we had like the mosque shooting. You need to look to like a, someone of leadership who can remain calm in those situations especially crisis um and who can be like level-headed but it is i guess it's a balance you know yeah yeah again i think we and i know the point you made here and that would be like my first instinct is to think of it that way as well that's where i think we need to have a paradigm shift and realize that showing emotion and showing again come back to my favorite word showing uh being vulnerable 
doesn't necessarily mean that you're showing weakness yeah. or that yeah. you're no longer in control. I can't think of a good example off the top of my head, but I'm sure you can find an example of a leader who is essentially being vulnerable, crying in the, in the midst of showing strong leadership. Mm. Might be, I, I can't think of a great example off the top of my head, but there will be an example of someone who's shedding a tear. Uh, or maybe it's not the best example, but you see men crying when they're singing the national anthem. Mm. Well, they're sh- essentially they're showing strength because they're about to play sports, right? Especially rugby, but they're showing they're being vulnerable. They're crying, but they're also showing strength because nobody's looking at the All Blacks, yeah, and saying these guys are no longer in control because they're shedding a tear during the national anthem. And there'd be better examples of that, but yeah. It can be if you're say if you're having a full blown meltdown, mm. you can be out of control and and, and being weak, yes. but you can also be vulnerable and be strong at the same time. Yes, yeah, I suppose it's it's context it's very contextual in that that you're saying you know the context of a rugby game it's like admirable. And I think it's I think there's like a like in a rugby game, obviously they're not like bawling their eyes out like in a occasionally like if they win something like a World Cup they can be like bawling their eyes out and, and that's when they've They've lost, they've lost control, and that's not a bad thing. And they've, it's like it's pouring out. Um, but I think when you can see, you can it's very subtle, and you can see when a guy is maybe crying, but like still holding it down. Yeah. Like there's a lot more in emotion in there. You can you can just tell. I don't think you could ever say why exactly. And so when there's like a full grown man having a tantrum when he's just gone zero, he's gone zero, he's got no control left. That and that's cringe. When a guy's maybe shedding a quiet tear watching a movie, I think that's that's like the perfect balance of like attractiveness for, or, or healthiness basically for like a, a masculine, healthy masculine feminine balance where the emotion in you is more than what you're showing out. So there's some level of control, but yeah, like a balance. There's some yeah. like you're fine letting it out. You're not you're not worried about who sees you, but you're just like staying keeping control and composed. Um, I also just wanted to say. Will make the point that uh oh, finishing off the, this this kind of almost tangent of mine um i just don't see much or any conversation about or the, the the sorry the the vibe is that just the more open we are the better and the more we talk about it as men specifically our feelings and emotions just the better things we'll get and we'll see the suicide like it's almost as if we're expecting this the suicide rate and the drug abuse and, and whatnot to go down and I just don't think there's any. Well, I think yeah, there's plenty of low-hanging fruit still to go, like still to go. But it's possible that that's kind of misguided, and that there's other issues that we're completely ignoring. That maybe biological, maybe it can't, maybe it's not going to be able to be a paradigm shift. Maybe it's just built in, you know, like women find men that are slightly taller than them in height like attractive, and you can't change that just because you're a short man doesn't make you any less of a man. But it's just like built in in the same way, maybe that yeah. like also, crying, you know. I also think you know what I'm saying. We still, I see what you're saying, but I still, yeah. for starters, I think yeah, we, we've covered code base that you can show emotion and still be attractive to a woman. Yes, there's a balance and all of that, yeah. uh, but we're also still just like looking at it through this very specific lens of of the way a woman is viewing a man. There's a lot mm-hmm. more to life yeah, than yeah. than trying to attract a fe- be attractive to a female. Yeah. So this goes way deeper than that. But even within men to men, you know, if there's someone's boring their eyes out, other men are going to be like, 
cringe like that's not manly like you're embarrassing yourself you know yeah within re- the, yeah within re- yeah so i think you can be bawling your eyes out and still it's like yeah the, so after losing a rugby match or, or winning the world cup there, there is bawling eyes out but they're not completely out of control yes so yeah you can it's balance yeah it's, it's about i think uh yeah i can't like think of an example of like what out of control is but if hmm. yeah well it's like when people when guys drink and they get like insanely aggressive and that, that's like to me that's out of control and i think we'd all agree that's pretty cringe well, well maybe yeah, it's not masculine yes. they're being very physically so, powerful but it's not masculine maybe an example of being in control out of control is that you can be having bawling your eyes out but if you can stop when you need to and then move forward mm. when you're out of control you can't you you've you've fixated in it if someone you know if you're bawling your eyes out and and someone comes up to you and say it's time to go back to the changing rooms now if you're in control you can do that if you're out of control you might just Start flailing. Get off me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's out of control. Yeah, I see. So even if you're in control, you can still be showing more than just a dribble. You can be bawling your eyes out, but then you can say, okay, it's time to change direction now, move on, move away, whatever it is, leave the situation. So I think that might be, yeah, an example. You also, yeah, mentioned you can be out of control and showing what is macho or traditionally considered macho and be equally as pathetic mm. more pathetic if anything yes like someone who's out of control of anger this is probably the most unattractive thing in mm. the world as a as a as, an, as a man or, yeah or, I, yeah i don't know if you've seen it like, i remember working, working in retail jobs where like families would be out together and you'd see like the wife or whatever looking at products and no come on we don't need it. we're not buying this we're not and you just it's like a such a cringe thing because it's so there's way better ways of dealing with that like oh, no we don't maybe we don't need this like we've got already got one of them but they're like no you're spending too much money you're doing this or yelling and telling off your kids in public it, mm. like I, I get and I understand like, like screaming yeah and I understand kids and maybe pets as well if you're out in public can misbehave but um, yeah, like getting frustrated and and showing anger is, yeah, it's it's not it's not pleasant to see. But then, uh, I agree, I agree. Like a, a parent, man or woman screaming, it's like you said before. They've lost. They can't like they're fixated on it, and it's it's lost. It's, there's no like there's no brain capacity. Just even a small amount going towards like, hey, I'm in a social situation. Yep. This is like embarrassing. But going for the just talking about or expressing our emotions more. I mean, it's not a healthy way to express it, but could there, could it be argued that we should be much more simple and not find that cringe and be like, well, they've obviously had a massive week. Like kids are crazy enough. Yeah. Like it's understandable. And we can all agree that we can see why they'll be screaming at their kids in a store. Like obviously that it's not the first thing the kids have done today or this week and are sleep deprived and blah, blah, blah. But, we still kind of ex- socially expect them to hold their cool. Is yeah. that is that correct? Do you think? Uh, well, morally, yeah. uh, no. Maybe it's not. Yeah, maybe we should be more sympathetic. Within reason, again, it's going to mm-hmm. completely depend on the context. And does this happen every other day, or is this like a once in a blue moon sort of thing? It's still, I think, we're going to find it unattractive no matter what. And I don't mean that sexually, just mm. unattractive, yeah. and that's not like nice behaviour. Wouldn't want to be around that person. But yes, in many cases, we should still be 
uh, you know, more sympathetic and perhaps I think yeah, the inclination is to dig our heels in and sort of mock them, d- d- turn away. Someone actually came up and gave them a hug, might snap them out of it. They might be like, oh my God, like this is the first time anyone has given me a hug all year. And I just, I think we've seen videos of that where someone, I, I think, you know, I've seen YouTube videos of that where someone might be going nuts mm-hmm. uh, and then someone does something nice, they, they give them a hug and then they talk about how they're struggling. And maybe the point there is, had they talked about things before they boiled over, might not have happened. Still could happen, but maybe it would happen less. If, if when the problem was small, if they had someone to talk to and talked about whatever is weighing on their mind, it might have released that when it was controllable, they didn't completely lose their mind. But that's it's generally, it's a build-up of 10 different things are happening. They're harboring all this, and it just explodes one day in an uncontrollable fit. So yeah, perhaps if it were easier, especially yeah for men, to, if they could just go to someone and have a casual conversation before I guess that boiling point that could be avoided in nine out of ten cases. Mm, I think uh, I've got a friend, and I think this is like a good model to prescribe to um, to have someone that you mentor and someone that you go to for mentorship because it's like a good outward flow of you being vulnerable, and then um, generally, if it's like a me- you're mentoring someone it would be someone who's probably a bit younger than you and hasn't quite had the same experiences. Um, Cause like an inflow and outflow of you being open, vulnerable and willing to change. And then you also using um, the things you've learned over time to share with other people. I think that, like, that's probably a good thing that I have need. Maybe I'd need to consider yeah. um, to doing myself. I think that's really, really good. And it's yeah, something, yeah, I don't really have, either of those relationships uh but there's certainly you know for example i think i've mentioned like my niece who has a very uh brain similar wide to me i could be uh yeah i can be a mentor for her and hopefully guide her through through some of the things that she's experiencing that i was experiencing in that age when i didn't have a mentor and hopefully that can alter the trajectory of her life for the positive so I think yeah, I think yeah, I think great, that, yeah. probably like a like a youth leader, for example. Um, yeah. I never went to any youth groups growing up, but I know like friends who run youth groups and have done youth leadership. And sometimes for those kids, just to have someone to listen to them because whatever they're going through at home or their life like upbringing might just be too hard. Um, yeah, just to have someone that they can be open mm-hmm. is a good. It's a good example and a good model that I think over time it just becomes easier. Like the more you practice flexing that um, openness muscle, open feeling muscle, um, you think in theory it'd be easier as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. I, th- yeah. I think um, I, I definitely agree. It's not. It's definitely not there yet. Like as a society, no. and I think um, like you mentioned the couple of the big, like the Rock and and a rugby player. Like that's all super helpful and sometimes some people may think guys especially like i don't have anything to add i'm not like no one looks up to me it doesn't matter but just sim- the simple fact of um the more people talking about it like a virus going viral it just it just makes things a whole lot easier so the more you talk about it, the more yeah you can find you know if, if that hypothetical mother screaming at her kids has other mothers constantly talking about their stresses yeah. and they go oh it does diffuse it, doesn't it? It exactly. feels like diffused. And so if you could do that on a 
big societal scale where it's super normal and yep. everyone's just like diffusing little bits at a time instead of building up and going crazy how much better the world might be if, yes. if everyone's just yeah. s- s- so if letting you, it off um, straight away church i go to like generally you'd have like life groups so you'd meet regularly with people who are kind of in the same experience or same life stage as you so if you've um dating or married for example it would be like couples and they talk together and share like the vulnerable things because often it's easy just to have like others share their examples and shortcomings and things that they find positive that help um yeah or if you're in like a well it's same same as like youth group i guess in a way it's just if you're in the same are you same boat or same environment it just beca- it becomes a lot easier to talk about. The, the stigma yep. sort of drops. I understand it might be harder for someone who maybe would consider that they need to see a counsellor or to unpack things, but then that can be seen as difficult because it's quite uh, clinical in a yeah. sense. But um, It's so, so it, hard yeah. to like ask for professional help, especially as a man. As I say, it took me so long to get over that. Well, I had to get over it for the first time just after leaving high school when, yeah, I, I couldn't run away from my problems any longer because I couldn't get a job, essentially. I was shying away. In theory, I could get a job, but I c- couldn't at the time. It felt like I couldn't get a job and my parents just thought that I was lazy, but, but it was because I had all sorts of anxiety. And so it just got to a point where I had to say that. And that's the only reason is because it got to a point where I couldn't run away from it any further. Yeah. So I had to face it then and then go to a doctor and then go to a, 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 um, a counselor. And yeah, that was extremely hard because it feels like it's like uh, conceding defeat. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It feels like I should be able to fix this. I should be able to solve it. But the fact that I have to go and ask for professional help means that like there's something I'm faulty. Yeah. There's something very wrong with me. And <clears throat> to be fair, I didn't really get over that at that point. I always harbor that and I didn't tell anyone about it. And I was so embarrassed about it. I remember even saying when I got put on a sickness benefit, I remember saying to my mom, like, oh, I don't want to like have to stop drinking alcohol because I feel like guilty that I'm on a benefit and spending mm. alcohol. Like, I was like, I don't, and she's like, you don't have to stop like drinking alcohol. But there was like this internal thing where it's like, I can't do that. I shouldn't be allowed to do that because yeah. But mm. yeah, anyway, I, I didn't really get over it at that point because I just didn't understand it all. But then obviously the big one for me was going to a psychiatrist to get diagnosed with ADHD. It took me years to sum up the courage to do that. Uh, and, you know, I finally did do it and yeah so that's been life-changing and yeah like I, I own it now like I own that and I'm very comfortable sort of talking about all these things and my life is only getting better and I don't really see anyone you know leaving me and saying this guy's nuts for talking about all these things no in fact my relationship's only getting better and I'm only creating more yeah. relationships so I can only speak for myself but talking about my struggles and that's, I never had a big meltdown. Just talking about them uh, has improved my life Im- immeasurably. So, yeah. It's very attractive. It's like you've been, when you're vulnerable, other people are more inclined to want to be vulnerable themselves. And also it shows that you're trusting them. It's like a gift, like a trust. It's, mm. it's a very like gift. So if you're basically giving people gifts, everyone, the more you talk about your feelings, 
you're going to become closer as people because yep. you're sending and receiving gifts of truth. I kind of have a, a a question, maybe just to see your guys' thoughts on this. But do you think, particularly with men, that I guess a lot of people, or is it a thing that you almost need to hit rock bottom before it's a you're able to open up? So, say for example, um, if you're going through addiction and take alcohol for example not everyone but i think you can generally tell like when things start becoming a problem and you there might be like a desire to fix to fix it but just getting to that next stage and accepting um help is the hard part but it's almost like we need a rock bottom or a significant event like um i don't know there's i don't want to say like drinking and driving and having an accident that's yep. a terrible example but yeah like um having having something that really will cultivate the change yeah i don't think that you need to uh hit rock bottom per se but it generally does need to be some sort of significant event it yeah. can almost also be a positive event so you accidentally get someone pregnant in the middle of an alcohol addiction oh crap Got to get yep. my shit together. It's a, in a po- generally positive. So it, it generally does have to be, it, yeah, I would say generally does not. It's not a hard and fast rule, but it does have to be some sort of significant event. Could be a, a child, maybe someone close to you dies. Oh, crap. Now I have to, you know, get my act together because uh, I have to look after the family or play a bigger role, whatever. Uh, or, or it could be something, uh, yeah, like in my case, I couldn't get a job and there's only so long like because I was living home appearance and they weren't going to like accept me doing that for no for seemingly no reason so that wasn't necessarily rock bottom but it was like a big event it's like leaving high school now you have to get a job no but I can't yeah so yeah it can be rock bottom but I don't think it has to be it can just be yeah a a significant event yes the way I visualized it when you said it is this is going to be beneficial for now video watching. So this is rock bottom. This is like, this This is rock bottom and you're cruising here. If you're not diffusing stuff like we talked about, you're just slowly going down and then like, oh, lost my job. It goes down and it goes back up and you're fine. And, but if you're not diffusing it, it's still getting closer to rock bottom. Like you can only chronically not talk about your open up and whatnot. And then, you know, it takes like a significant, another event comes like, oh, girlfriend broke up with me or I got someone pregnant. That nearly hit rock bottom enough to yeah. trigger it. And if you can recognize it as you're going down, perfect. The higher, the better. Like, just keep. Yeah, yeah I mean. Sometimes a big event will push you through rock bottom and then yeah. they'll trigger it. So so maybe like the example, maybe is best for that is like, say um, you're overeating, you're gaining weight. Um like sometimes you you know you know your body and you you realize oh I should probably lose a few pounds or you know I should probably start exercising more or eating healthy foods, but then you go to the doctor and they tell you okay you've got diabetes like okay now I really have to get my shit into gear otherwise I'm going down a path of X Y Z, but I think sometimes in that trajectory of downward spiral or just things are going downhill it's so hard to like catch yourself in that moment mm-hmm. and to reverse it sooner rather than later yeah it takes a lot of like it, uh reflection like i suppose reflection and you also almost got to kind of separate from your life and look at your life and the trajectory it's going and say like D- am i okay with this or is, is yeah. this good better bite it in the mm. butt oh, nip it in the bud i would say it's a 
it's a superpower the sooner that you can recognize it. So yes, some people it will end up being rock bottom. It is just they have to end up in jail. Something terrible has to go wrong. It's not that it has to happen that way. It's just that they didn't have an awareness to yeah. to that's it. Um, stop the bleed. Mm. But yeah, a, yeah, it's a good so uh, yeah, it's a superpower if if you can recognize it and to say the sooner the better. Uh, it's something that's sort of very relevant. This can happen in trading, sports betting. When you go on tilt, you lose, and then you chase, and you just ends up spirals out of control. It's a League of Legends term as well, tilt okay. in the same definition. Right? Yeah. yeah. So the sooner that you can catch that and essentially recognize, okay, I'm I'm in tilt. My brain yeah. that's mm. loss of control. Yes. It's a very real feeling. It's a loss of control. And get in the car. Or if it, if you're that out of control, don't get in the car, but go for a walk. Unplug the internet yeah. and walk away. Mm. And then after an hour, you will factory reset yeah like athletes possibly might be an example i've heard numerous stories of um people taking u.s sports like getting drafted and all of a sudden becoming overnight millionaires thinking all of a sudden here i am um you know you can't stop me i'm invincible earning so much money and then thinking that you can get away with doing dumb things um i don't know this is a good example but like there's and footballers think you know I'm earning X Y Z. Women are gonna um, want to be with me more, and they start thinking like, oh, I can get away with pushing the boundaries, or then all of a sudden, you know, yeah, you might be roof roofing their drinks, yeah. Or so, yeah, the, like, the sooner yeah. that you can recognize, it's, it's, it's very like it's very <laughs> common. It's very common in trading and sports betting. Some people sort of figure it out figure out like a winning formula and then they make a hundred K and then they blow it all and then they make a hundred K and they lose it all again. Uh, so it's that case is that they've, they've got the skill essentially, but they don't have the mindset. They don't have the mentality. And so they keep going from a hundred to zero, zero to a hundred. And it's being able to intervene when you're at 90 mm-hmm. and say, let's stop right here and, and stop it from going all the way back to zero. There's always going to be peaks and valleys in trading and in life. Mm. And it's about recognizing when you're just, you know, when you're just going downhill and, and rather than going all the way down, just gradually and then bring back up. Yeah. In, in all walks of life. So, you know, like my life can easily spiral out of control. I start drinking. I start working out, start making so that, yeah. And it's being, if you can recognize that, you know, fast. So like a good example actually is after like last Saturday night, got absolutely drunk for the first time in, in three weeks and it just threw me off and I could have so easily like spiraled out of control, stopped working out and just, you got into a terrible habit, but I sort of, I broke that cycle as fast as possible. I made sure I did some cardio the next day. I forced myself to do a workout on Monday, even though I felt like crap and it's just being able to, so like Saturday was a big momentum breaker for me. It, you know, it depleted my brain body, but I was able to, you know, minimize the the fallout from that, and, and times gone by, that yeah. just would have I just would have spiraled and spiraled and spiraled, and I'll be going home drinking again tonight. And yeah, so it's about recognizing those natural uh, peaks and valleys, which were always going to happen. Just being able to yeah, gradually. I don't know. Stop. Relapse is the right word. Well, it could be like yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, re- yeah. Relapse. It can be you know if it's an addiction. I wouldn't say that I have a, an alcohol addiction, but I have an alcohol problem. <laughs> I have an unhealthy relationship with, with alcohol. And um, 
yeah, it could it can easily spiral out of control. But yeah, if it's a full blown, so it would be in the case of like an alcoholic, a full blown alcoholic, uh, if they relapse, have a drink, it's so easy for that to spiral out of control because you're like, it's all over now, I'm back to zero. But if they can just the next day away, I can be like, it's only one day. I was a hundred days sober before that. Now I can I can still build on that. It was just one day. It's not going back to zero let's yeah. go back to 99 not uh, you know not yes. to zero yeah and just stopping that well from spoken. probably the yeah. mindset Last five minutes well spoken yeah the mindset of knowing like as humans inevitably it's easy for us to fail but so long as when you do fail like you got to be stern and have just dis- like show discipline to yourself if if you're willingly like um defying and you 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 know like you you can still go ahead and 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 ruin like yeah let's say you've got a streak of going to the gym or going for a walk every day and then one day you don't it's like oh wow i could, I could look at it like oh, i'm such a failure like why did I, I knew i had to go i just couldn't get myself to do it but still recognize oh, well okay maybe it's not as bad as i thought like i've been going for the past 3 weeks straight not going once isn't going to hurt but I'm going to get back on that wagon ASAP. Yeah. So it's, yeah. A, it's a superpower if you can do that because I don't think most people can do that or it takes them half a life to figure that out. And I'd say this applies in like all areas of your life, essentially. Uh, you know, any, anything that... It, it's just, yeah, it's momentum. There's negative momentum and there's positive momentum. And just because you had one loss, to say, whether that be not going to the gym, yeah. whether it be losing some money whatever watching porn whatever it is that it is it's better to just if you can just yeah cut cut the losses short don't spiral out of control and then say you can just it's like yeah you can go here 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 or you can go here here you know it's better to do that that one where you just go back a little bit you you go back a little bit it's like success isn't linear yeah exactly it's always going to be little troughs but yeah I think it's real uh, helpful for men bra- man brains, especially because they're quite like, uh, like uh, what's the word, like mechanically focused. Like we want to know how things work. Thinking about it in like in that way, like when you mentioned right ten minutes ago, you mentioned it. It's just that that image and like graph almost came into my mind specifically. And, and like you keep like talking about troughs and valleys, and it's like very visual. I think for guys as well, it could be quite helpful to to like intentionally frame mental health like that in a, in a way it's really like a graph idea. um where you can see yes you can see it's not zero it's just 90 percent, and then it's not long not far to just get back up to 100 yeah um maybe final thoughts time. yeah i was gonna say like um, to summarize to break because we did go on a little bit of a tangent but what we've said is relevant to um being open and talking about your feelings and like recognizing even in in our like infallibleness when we stuff up or if we lose control um or just you know like all of a sudden close off to other people like that doesn't mean that it's gone for good like you can still then turn um make a turn to like be open again and to talk about your feelings with your mates and you don't have to like shy away you can just keep keep it up but yeah I've got my, my my final final thought that I've I've had down here for a while now is that um, my main point, if anyone listening is triggered and angry at me at my the first half of it, I don't care for one, but two, um, I think my main point is that if more like if in an ideal world, 
So you mentioned uh, like um, when we talked about uh, the mother losing her shit in the in a Kmart, and if only other mothers could feed their feelings and emotions together, then they can all relate, and it diffuses. And you mentioned as well like youth groups, so like teenage niche group. There's the young mother group. There's you can go on as big a scale as you want. You can go to people in general. Then you can go men, women, like need to talk. Like more men that talk, it helps more men. More women that talk, blah blah. blah. But so if everyone's doing it, all niches are covered, and you will relate to. You're bound to relate to many people across many different niches. For example, like I'm a man, so the more I talk and we talk, it helps other men. But I'm also part of the chicken owners group, a niche, and all the stresses that come with owning chickens is, which is very minor, but still. You might be like, oh, I'm at my wits end, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Talking to other chicken owners diffuses that. Likewise, other game, like if gamers talk about their mental health, if every niche and everyone is talking yeah. about their mental health, it's going to totally. diffuse across like like a web and yeah. it's going to be way more effective. Like, so that's my final um, Just to point. touch on that, yeah, like getting a dog for me, like as enjoyable as it is, when I started taking him out for walks, there was that... Um, that like, underlying feeling, like, oh man, like if my dog misbehaves, that's a reflection on me. So if they start barking while we're walking on the street or if you um, take them off their lead at like the park and they run up to someone and start jumping on them, it's like, oh my gosh, this person's going to think I'm terrible. I can't control my dog or um, yeah. That's I guess yeah, that's yeah. Okay. But like a dog, you, yeah. you need to talk to other dog owners. You need to talk to other dog and owners. And it diffuses it. Yeah. Oh, this is, this is fine. This is normal. Like, yeah. And we can all share in the pain. It helps when you, when other people yeah, share totally, in your pain. Yeah. yeah, which is and it's a form of pain. Mental, like the hypothetical one hundred dipping yeah. down to ninety is a form of pain. Yeah. and then it takes effort and work, which is kind of another yeah. form of pain to get back up to hundred. But so um, I think kind of like good. why like memes, particularly like spe- there can be some very specific memes. Yes. yes, that or reels or short form content that relates to you. But you go to the comments and you realize. There's like 150, yeah. 200,000 people yeah. that have basically this exact same experience that I do. So yeah, yeah finding finding man. your niche or finding your community, whatever it is in your walk of life, like if struggles mm. or even your joys, like there's a bounty of community and yeah and places we're, you can go to. But we're all and we're all part of so many communities, like intermingled. Like yeah. like we're all lots of things and we all have lots of hobbies. So and our community. So yeah, the more if if just everyone and it takes some bravery as well. If we're gonna push it push it forward on a big societal level, it takes the bravery of individuals to to push it forward. And by nate by definition, if you're trying to push the the uh, status of of mental health chat forward, you're gonna have to step kind of out and be like a bit of a loner in your niche and to pull everyone else along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have, you have stuff to say, David. Yeah. So first of all, I would say whether you're a man or a woman, if you're currently, you know, struggling with something or even if you're not struggling, you just have an urge to express yourself uh, more than you have been, but don't feel it's possible because it's not been shown to you from others near you. Uh, you know, you do that, uh, especially if, you, if you're if you struggling, re- reach out to someone, talk about it. Uh, find an avenue for help. Feel free to reach out to me, Friday Council, directly if you're an old old friend. Uh, And secondly, like that would lead me into yeah, like just normalizing this stuff. Uh, Especially again, I'm I'm more for um, 
if, if you're like struggling with anxiety, depression, something along those lines, <coughs> as, yeah, normalizing it, as, yeah, especially as, as a man, uh, because w- with things like that, it, it's very easy to go into this dark internal place where you think it's just you, you're faulty, I'm the only one who feels like this, everyone else is feeling great, they've got it figured out and it's just me. It's very easy to go into that place, been there many times, but yeah, when you're here, People out there like The Rock, Anton Leonard Brown, people who are superheroes, real life superheroes, talking about it. It's very comforting. It's a very warm feeling, realizing they're just human like me. And these things are normal. And many people experience them, experience these things. And it's, in my case anyway, it's very helpful to talk about it. And, and then I've been able to, you know, find some solutions. So, yeah. Keep talking about it. Normalize it. Even if it's just within your own friend group, you know, start talking about this sort of stuff. Uh, you know, it's on a small scale, but in all likelihood, your friends will, you know, relate. And yeah, it's like a snowball. Mm. One-on-one's easier as well. If it's if it's, it feels awkward, if your friend group isn't privy to these kind of chats. Yeah. One-on-one's good. Cap, c- catch a friend out, corner them. I almost start think- talking about your feelings and freak them out. I don't know, this might be useful to other people, but even if you don't have someone, like being vulnerable to like recording yourself or making a voice recording and listening, like as cringe as it is to hear yourself. We know. We, yes. But when you put it to light, it, I think sometimes they can also just be like, um, yeah. By not you showing like a, anyone, just for yourself. Yeah, just for yourself. It's like, well, okay, like if I'm if, if I'm putting it out there, and I'm and I'm being open. It's the it's a good step to make because inevitably, if you do see like meet people or friends or whatever that you talk to, it's a good step. Mm. Like you're you're flexing that muscle of practicing. There's something deeply. I think there's something deeply like either psychological and or like spiritual about that because just like you can like hack like dopamine by smiling at yourself in a mirror, it's just seeing another smile, mm. it like changes you. You know, a feedback, a feedback. Also, like the purging, even if it's just for yourself, purging, recording, or writing, or something. Um, not that I've ever really done that. It makes sense that that would also uh, change yeah. your mental state. It would feel like you've yeah. diffused at least somewhat, at least to some tiny, maybe extent. Yeah, just thinking it would make sense if 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 it's analogous to the smiling at yourself in the mirror science. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. I think that's a good one to wrap up. I don't know about you guys. Any last things? Yeah, we're that happy about that. Pretty, pretty good way to. Good. I'm sure there's things that have been left unsaid. Um. So there's probably a good one at some point to do a part two. I'd be fascinated to get a panel of. You should find three other girls, like parallel universe podcast girls, to <laughs> yep. to talk who talk about this stuff to get a girl's perspective. Because obviously my brain goes straight to the sexes. Yep. Went uh, with this. Um. And I'm, I'd be fascinated to hear um, three girls talk about yeah the same things, or rough, roughly the same topics from their perspective from their of perspective. being a woman yeah. or their perspective of what they think men are uh, being a woman. Oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe so, we'll we'll try and find reach out and see if we can find something. Yeah, we'll make an Avengers lines. team of emotional women <laughs> yeah. who, are, who, are, no, who are willing to talk about their emotions publicly. No, all right. Well, we'll wrap that one up. It's been fun. Yeah, felt, good one. Yep. Felt quite counseled from this episode. Definitely. Um, but yeah, thanks for finding us. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching.
Um, yeah, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, YouTube. Shorts, shorts are coming slowly but surely. Yep, are coming out about once a week at the moment. <laughs> but that's episode thirty-nine in the bag, and we will see you next time. Also, yes, and I, I was going to say, day. okay, my my one first. Uh, appreciate that we're all trying very thing. hard not to interrupt each other was it yeah. we, i think we did real well this time as well we're trying not to interrupt each other yeah for our own personal uh conversations with other people outside the make us better listeners yeah but also for people listening yeah and also better. thanks for those who've reached out to us with topics and ideas yeah we've had about. a few we uh we Shout hear you Annie. yeah sure she Shout mind being being well it's only a first name anyway but Appreciate the love. I'm sure you'll appreciate this episode, I think. Yeah. Cool. Hopefully. Cool. Well, that's us. Later. Peace. Peace.